Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I'm Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam, how are you today, sir? I could not be better. I am as excited as I've ever been for a podcast episode, uh, and I think you know why. How are you? Uh, uh, you know, I don't get nervous very often. You know, I don't, the nerves, oh, the nerves actually come through a little more often than maybe people you might think, but I don't ever uh, uh, openly, willingly tell people how nervous I am. I'm, I'm a little nervous today, Bob. You are always a cool, calm, and collected individual, and I can see the nervousness on your face, which you're right, is rare. Not, not super stoked about this whole thing. Not super stoked about, oh, that's how not stoked I am. I'm going to knock the camera down. I'm not super stoked about this. But uh, we made a bet's a bet. I'm going to make good on my bet and do my one minute of comedy after we do our sponsors. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. Just as excited about hearing you do a minute of stand-up comedy. I'm, I'm equally as excited about training personally with Peggy Edwards. No matter your level of fitness, wherever you're at, if you like to be challenged a little, if you need to be challenged a lot, and you want the benefit of working with a personal trainer without the cost of a personal trainer, then training personally with Peggy Edwards is for you. Training personally is interval circuit training for all levels with a personal trainer at your pace on your time. Peggy Edwards keeps your workouts safe. She keeps them fresh, brand new all the time, and really fun. Uh, you're going to enjoy working out, believe it or not, whether, no matter what your experience has been like in the past, this will be a different and better experience. I guarantee that. All the information you need is at trainingpersonally.com. Uh, the address is 3634 Budno Avenue. So just stop in. You don't even have to worry about getting information on it. Just pop in uh, wear a mask and pop in and Peggy will greet you at the door and she will t show you how clean everything is and how uh, strategically spaced out everyone is to keep everything is safe and COVID friendly and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, so, so stop in and see her or give her an email. Peggy, P-E-G-G-Y at trainingpersonally.com. Visit her on Facebook at Training Personally. Give her a call, shoot her a text. She is so easily reachable. You can reach her at all of these different places. Uh, but if you have any questions, shoot her a text. Give her a call, 513-328-0296. It's Training Personally with Peggy Edwards, 513-328-0296. Also, brought to you by Green Solace. That's G-R-E-E-N-E Solace, S-O-L-A-C-E.com. If you are in need of a little tender love and care this holiday season, Miss Elizabeth Green is the one for you. She's an experienced professional massage therapist. She provides you with a massage tailored to your needs, whether it's just to relax and unwind, or you need a focused massage in your problem areas. My back, that's my spot. Lower back, no good, right? I don't know if you can massage a kneecap. Can you massage a kneecap? I bet if you pay her enough money, she'll massage your kneecap. She'll do whatever you want. 
anyway, um, yeah, so if you go to Green Solace on Facebook or on the website, you can schedule your entire – I'm so nervous about this comedy segment, I can't, even, I can't even talk about this. I'm not even getting to enjoy my massage, my Green Solace massage uh, read for the day. So, anyway, um, if you need a massage, and I believe there's some deals running right now, for the holiday season, go to greensolace.com. It's all online. You set it all up there. Set your appointment up. Uh, Cleves, Ohio, 513-702-4178. That's all I got. That's all you got. Okay, look, we need to get this uh, We need to get this out of the way, all right, because I can tell you are a nervous man, and there's no need to be because – you know, it's just us, and uh, nobody else is going to hear this or see this. Obviously, except for the, I don't know, uh, I think last week we had like 800,000 views on the, on the podcast. So, uh, you know, close to a million people are probably going to end up seeing this. But uh, a low week. So, so yeah, so uh, no, no big deal. Now, we, uh, months ago, set up. At the beginning, when baseball was getting ready to start back up, actually start their season, we picked, we predicted who we thought was going to win the World Series, who was going to win the MVP, and who was going to win the Cy Young Award in each league. So, each one of those correct picks meant the other person had to do two minutes for each correct pick of stand up comedy. And then we incorporated each NBA playoff series as one more minute uh, into that bet. So through all of that, all of those opportunities to pick up and lose minutes and all that kind of stuff, we ended up where you had to to do one minute of stand-up comedy on this very podcast. And today- I'd rather wear a Speedo for the entire podcast than do one minute of stand-up with you not saying a word on mute, no crowd, my wife's in the laundry room behind me doing laundry, so hopefully she laughs. I get somebody to giggle. <laughs> give, me a little, give me a little feedback. This is going to be terrible. Okay, so I'm going on mute after I introduce you. Um, and one more person has to go on mute just for the one minute of stand-up comedy, and then, and then it can come back on. And that is the click pen that you have in your hand. So you have to put that down. As part of the hold on, hold on. Can I get three more in? Get three more in. All right, I'm good. Let's beautiful. Go. <laughs> this is beautiful. All right. So without further ado, you have seen this man on the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. He has graced your Facebook feeds in a speedo every time he goes on vacation. Making his stand-up slash sit-down comedy debut, Mr. Christopher Witt. Hey, thanks everybody thanks everybody so you ever worry you ever wonder what's going on with kids in the world these days right so i'm in i'm in a restaurant the other day and by restaurant i mean bar and by bar i mean hooters bar and a grown man a grown man in his 40s comes in with his son okay son comes in they come up they sit down 
what can I get you, can I get you to drink, sir? He says he'll have a, uh, yeah, like a, a, a Captain and Coke or something like that. And she looks over at the boy and says, can I get you something to drink? And puts his head down and looks at his dad and murmurs a little something. And dad says, he'll take a Sprite. Already, I'm as annoyed as anyone could possibly be because this boy is not a boy. He's at least 16 years old because he drove his dad to the restaurant. Now, if you can't order your own drink by the time you're 16 years old at a restaurant without looking at your dad and murmuring something under your breath, then this world is coming to an end quick. I don't know what's going to happen. So me being the fun-loving guy that I am, I told the bartender that it was his birthday. And if anybody knows anything about a Hooters birthday, you, they take you, they stand you up on a chair, and they dance around you and sing a little happy birthday song, right? This little kid, I say little kid, he's 16. He's a man. He's basically a man. He's at least 16 years old. So I also bought a Hooters calendar and gave it to the bartender and said, tell this kid that he can have the calendar if he tells you his name so you can sign it. I thought that'd be a pretty good idea. Force this kid. I'm trying to be this kid's dad because his dad's not being his dad. I will be this man's dad. I'm going to raise this child in the span of five minutes that I'm sitting next to him at the bar. So she goes over. They do their little hooter song and dance. He's up there all by himself. Dad's off to the side because he can't stand on the same chair. Chair break. Two grown men. He stands up there. She looks up at him. She says, all right, well, what's your name? And I will sign this for you. And he looks down, and he looks at his dad, and he looks back at her, and he starts crying. He started crying. That's why in 30 to 40 years, we'll all be speaking Chinese. That's all I got. Is that a minute? Is my minute up? That was a minute. Okay, good. That was, That's all I got, man. Very good. I'm so <laughs> glad that's over. I can't even tell you. All right. I liked it. I liked it. All right. So let's uh, go ahead. Let's go ahead. Do your little comedy thing. You got to you gotta critique it. Tell me how bad it was, how good it was. Uh, you know, give me, a, give me how many ha's do we get? Oh, man. <clears throat> um, Let me start for you. I'll start. Okay. So. So he seemed a little nervous throughout the whole thing. Reminded me a lot of the guy we did a couple weeks ago that played college basketball. What was that guy's name? The comedian that played basketball from New York. Uh, Chris DiStefano. Chris DiStefano. So kind of a little nervous, kind of like that guy was. Probably needed another drink or two. Uh, calm the old nerves down a little bit. <laughs> or seven, as, as my wife says as she walks upstairs. <laughs> So, um, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say he's uh, he's extremely nervous. Uh, I don't know where the joke came from, where the ending came from. Been nice if there was like a precursor to it or something. Would have been better maybe if he had a little more than a minute. Maybe five minutes would have made the skit a little bit better. But uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give him a 1.2. Oh, <laughs> 1.2. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and agree with you that you could tell he was a little nervous, but um, 
He's a, he's a, he, you can also tell he's a good storyteller and uh, he's, he's a, uh, he's a good, he's a good conversationalist. And uh, for, for only having, I, I, I got to tell you, like, I, I listen to all these comedians talk about how they don't, you know, they, they have the same, a lot of people have the same bits and the same set for a long time and they don't come up with new stuff that they actually use on stage. And I'm kind of like, really? Like if that's your job, you can go a year or two years and have like, you know, a, you know, 45 minutes of jokes or something like that. And, and then keep the same thing for, you know, mostly for the whole year. And I'm like, man, I, I just don't know how it's so hard to, if that's what you do for a living, how's it so hard to do that? So, but I also think it's equally as, so it must be hard if, if everybody's saying that, but it must, it's, I feel like it's got to be equally as hard if you only have one minute to do a really good joke. I mean, you hear comedians talk about like, you know, getting the audience and you, you have them and you lost them and you got them back and like, it's like a whole process. So one minute, it's impossible to actually do a whole set or even a whole joke. And yeah. Cause I it did is. for a minute, which was great. Um, but, uh, that was really, really, really good, especially for your first time ever. And especially for having, having to squeeze it into one minute. Um, I give you a 3.2. Oh, that's not too bad. I appreciate all the pity points. It means a lot. <laughs> it means a lot. Good conversationalist when we're critiquing a comedian means terrible comedian. That's what it means. <laughs> no, good talker. That's what that means. Good talker. And he only said I'm a good storyteller because literally three hours ago I talked to him and said I can't. I'm a terrible toy storyteller. <laughs> no, it's him. It's Adam Schmidt being Adam Schmidt. Give me a little boost, a little pat on the butt, a little pat on the butt. It's Coach Adam right there. Coach Adam getting in. I see, you, Coach. It's all. It's all about uh, positive culture. That's right, buddy. Positive culture. <laughs> all, right. all right. So to calm your nerves and to get this thing rolling, uh, to talk about what we. What we also like to talk about besides comedy, and that is sports. Let's jump in to our Mount Rushmore of the week. And that, my friend, is all-time Major League Baseball shortstops. So you know that this is very exciting for me. I know that we both have one shortstop on here for sure because we've decided after our first Mount Rushmore of pitchers that we were not just going to do the people that we think would be the Mount Rushmore or no, it was sandwiches, wasn't it? Whichever one we did, we decided it's going to be ours. It's our Mount Rushmore. And that makes this even harder. Just so you know, that made this even harder. So uh, that being said, this is one where I, I didn't do as much research on, on positional stats because of any position, first base or shortstop and second base might be the two positions where positional stats vary so greatly over the span of 20 years. There were no home run hitters at the shortstop position, you know, 25, 30 years ago. So, you know, you have to you have to figure out other ways to 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 lock these shortstops in. For me, it was pretty simple because I've got my my own my own uh, bias, but I feel like it's a it's a solid top four, and I've got one, two, three, and I've got four behind it. 
Okay. All right. So you tell me what you think. What do you got? What, what, what's your thoughts on the process? I know you. Actually, let me give, let me tell everybody what Adam did. Adam took a notebook and he took four pages out of his notebook and front and back of each page has every, has his four guys stats. And then he's got another notebook where he just jotted down little things about 15 other guys until he figured out which ones he was doing. And then he wrote all those stats down. Let me tell you that uh, that's not too far off. I have, I wrote down 16 players. I wrote down 16 shortstops. So, holy cow. Here's what I did. We talked about, you're right, we talked about making these our own, so more like our favorite rather than the best or most popular or whatever. That was, like you said, when we went to sandwiches, we talked about, okay, from now on, we need to just do our favorite. Now, when we did for shortstops, I actually went back to, because I feel like, I feel like this is a, when you're talking about athletes, especially, you know, positions, it's, it should be like best who you think is best based on whatever you think the criteria is. I think that part is up to you. Um, So I actually did, I didn't do my favorite. I did who I think are the four best shortstops. But if that's the case, mine's not far off. I I have three of the best, and then the last one could be interchanged with probably one or two other guys. Well, three other guys. There's three guys that could be interchanged with one person. The other three, I'd leave on here. I wouldn't change them. Okay. So I do – I would add – I would put two different guys on that I don't have on if we're doing favorite. So let's just do both. Let's just do both, and we'll go through it quick. Okay. So if you're doing favorite, your Mount Rushmore of favorite shortstops. Mine's not that different. So mine's not going to be that different. So I've got a Honus Wagner one. Uh, and then I've got, of course, Mr. Barry Larkin. You have to have Barry Larkin, first 30-30 ever. Is this my, this is my favorite one? Favorite. Ozzie Smith, Cal Ripken Jr. Okay. All right. That's, so I'll go into my favorite. And I have almost the same thing. So if we're doing favorite, I, pro- I guess, I mean, my favorite is Barry Larkin, Ozzie Smith, Omar Vizquel, and fourth is really up for a bunch. So I'm just going to put Hannes Wagner in there. Well, Hannes Wagner has, I mean, he's the, an original class Hall of Famer. There's so many things. He's, he's the original great, right? Yeah. The, the thing there is Omar Vizquel is so tough. Because Omar Vizquel was one of the greatest fielders to ever live. If I were to just go around and put people on the Mount Rushmore because they were good at one aspect of the game, then I feel like I would be doing an injustice. Ozzie Smith is as much of as a, um, as much as a obvious wizard that he was with the glove, could hold his own. I mean, he was in, you know, was 13 or something like that. Uh, all-star games. I mean, he's, he, he, he hit close to 300 uh, for his career. He's, I put him over Omar Vizquel. That's fair. Um, yeah. For, for me, Omar Vizquel, I think Ozzy had, uh, I think it was 13 gold gloves and Omar Vizquel had 11. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Ozzy wasn't – I don't think Ozzy was that much better a hitter than Omar Vizquel um, without having their – actually, might have – so, Ozzy Smith – now, don't do what you did last time and, and blow your computer up because you're looking at too many people here. Ozzy hit a career 262, 337 on base. And All right, and then I got Omar. I got Omar here then. So, okay. Omar Vizquel hit a career 272 mm -hmm. and on base a 336. So, yep, Ozzy had uh, 2,460 hits. Do you have that for Omar Vizquel? Yeah, he had 2,800, but you also got to remember that Omar Vizquel played for like 10 years longer than Ozzy Smith did. Uh, but he played from what's 2,000? What's what's 2,012 minus 1,989? How long is that? 24 years. How long did Ozzy Smith play? Uh, it, baseball reference will be down at the bottom under his years. 96. So 18, 19 years. Yeah, so he's got five more years on him. So that's a big difference. Yeah. How many home runs has Ozzy got? Ozzy has 28 career home runs. Wow, Omar Vizquel had 80 career home runs. Yep, 793 right, so RBIs. 951. So maybe Omar Vizquel's numbers are better than Ozzy, and I just love Ozzy Smith because he was Ozzy Smith, but Ozzy also did it at a different time. Omar was coming into a time when shortstops needed to hit, when you had Derek Jeter, when you had A-Rod, when you had Barry Larkin. All of those guys played the same time, the same era that Omar Vizquel played. So he, he had to hit. He had to hit like that. Necessarily, I don't think. I mean, I, I don't think just – He was the worst hitting shortstop. I bet he was the worst hitting shortstop in the league. What's that? I bet he was the worst hitting shortstop in the league. Oh, there's no way. You're right. There's no chance. Not even a little bit. There's absolutely no way. No. Omar Vizquel was great. But, okay, so let's move on to who we think the real is because this is what the real – this is what it's really all about. So here's what I, here's what I need your uh, confirmation on. Do we consider Alex Rodriguez a shortstop or not? Um, and I don't have Alex Rodriguez on here only because of the fact – that he played half his career at third base or a quarter of his career. So, okay, let me, just, let me just do this. So my Mount Rushmore of who I think, not my favorite, but who I think are the four best shortstops ever. You know what? Let me take that back because I wouldn't put him on the Mount Rushmore third baseman. I think of him more as a shortstop than I do a third baseman. We're going to call A-Rod a shortstop. Okay. Then in that case – Well, that changes things. Alex Rodriguez probably bumps – Ozzie Smith off for me, and it's Hannes Wagner, Derek Jeter, Cal Ripken Jr., and Alex Rodriguez for me. So you take Barry Larkin off. I take Barry Larkin off too, unfortunately. You take Barry Larkin off and replace him with Derek Jeter. Which is I, – I, I never cared for Derek Jeter very much, and Barry Larkin is probably tied for my favorite player ever. Uh, I, 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 I still think as a whole – Barry Larkin transitioned that the shortstop position into what it became when Derek Jeter started playing the game. Uh, however, 
to go one step over and above you, I would keep both of them off and I'd put Ernie Banks in there. I would go Onus Wagner, Ernie Banks, A-Rod, Cowherkin Jr. as my Mount Rushmore. Ernie Banks as a player, take out any, take out any um, championships. If you go back and look at the things he did at the shortstop position when he was playing, no one else was doing it. It was like what Barry Larkin did for three years. Ernie Banks did that for his entire career at the shortstop position. Yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned that uh, Barry Larkin was the first 30-30 shortstop. Uh, 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. And Ernie Banks, uh, I don't know how what kind of uh, base runner he was, but he was he was definitely the biggest power-hitting shortstop by far at that time, right? Um, and, and probably was the greatest power-hitting shortstop until Barry Larkin and then Alex Rodriguez and, and – and, those guys kind of took off with it. Cal Ripken got there a little before them, and Cal Ripken had, had a lot of pop. He was the first really tall – the first really tall shortstop you had seen in a while, even though Banks was – I don't know that Ernie Banks was that tall for, for his position. It's hard to say. But Cal Ripken came in and put a little more – put a little more pop into that position. Yeah. And, obviously, Cal Ripken Jr. is the Iron Man, right? So, whatever position he played, I feel like he has to be there just for the fact that the man never came out of a game to think about somebody never missing a game for what was it like 19 years or 18 years or something to not miss a game not sit out a game or at least play the first four innings of a game is it three or four that they call for a start I can't remember for I was thinking it was I was thinking it was five but maybe it was maybe it's four I think it's different for um that's for for an actual game to be called if the rain comes in, but I think to be considered playing it, starting and playing starting that game, I think it's only got to be three or four. He got hit right before the All Star break one year and broke his nose. Ground ball broke his nose in the seventh inning of the game before the All Star break, and he did not play in that All Star game. And you know you get basically basically a week before they end up coming back. So he was able to get his nose feeling well enough and healed enough to be able to go back out and continue to play after the all-star break. But there's a couple stories like that where things, if things happened a day earlier, or a day later, he would have, the streak would have been broken way beforehand. Kind of cool stuff. Yeah, that is cool. So, you had uh, okay. So did you did you actually say your four that you think not your favorites, but that you think? Yeah. You have Honus Honus Wagner, A Rod, Ernie Banks, Ernie Banks, Coward right. Jr. Okay, that's right. All right, yeah, I I, I agree with you. I, Ernie Banks was tough. He was he was right on the right there on the brink for me. Um, so we always talk about some of the other guys. Uh, so Ernie Banks is one for me. You had Robin Yount, uh, Arky Vaughn, Luke Appling, a bunch of these real old guys, Joe Cronin. Luke Appling, Luke, Luke Appling's numbers back in the day. Again, talk about a dude put out in the middle. No, he was just after Honus Wagner. And Luke Appling was, if you look at his numbers compared to the rest of the league in general, he was a stud. 
So that's another good one. Davy Concepcion. Davy Concepcion, who became, who was probably the best fielding shortstop of his era. So it, depending on where you put that on your list, you know, if you're doing a Mount Rushmore of defensive shortstops, then Ozzie Smith, Dave Concepcion, Omar Vizquel, and then, you know, find somebody else that's anywhere near him. Good luck. Yeah. You almost don't even put somebody else on that Mount Rushmore. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, who else you got on that list? Another guy I have is Alan Trammell. Um, eh. I mean, Alan Trammell was a great player, but I don't think he's in a conversation for – he was good. I wouldn't put him in a conversation for Mount Rushmore, though. Yeah. He was a six-time All-Star, won four gold gloves, three silver sluggers, was World Series MVP in 84. Um, he had 285 for his career, 2,300 hits, a little over 1,000 RBIs. So he wasn't, he wasn't much for power, but neither was Ozzie Smith or Omar Vizquel or even Derek Jeter. Um, Davies Concepcion, even. Yeah. Yeah. Derek Jeter, another one of my favorite – another guy like Wade Boggs, one of my favorite stats. Hit number 1,000 was a home run. I love that. That's one of my favorite – did I say 1,000? Well, hit said, number 3,000. 3,000 hit was a home run. I love that. That's one of my favorite things. Him and Wade Boggs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, we got a lot of uh, – Ray, Wade Boggs. Guys on there. Uh, but so, yeah, that was fun. That's shortstops. Uh, do you want to pick next week's Mount Rushmore now or wait till the end? Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and pick uh, next week's Mount Rushmore. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm having a little trouble with the iPad uh, set up today. Uh, next week's Mount Rushmore is going to be Mount Rushmore of – your Mount Rushmore of child, your child favorite child toys. I like that. Very, very good. All right. So gaming systems aren't included in this, right? Like I can't say, I can't say like Sega Genesis. The original Sega Genesis is my was my favorite, one of my favorite toys. I'm, we're not counting that, right? We're talking about physical use your imagination toys yeah let's go with that uh because i feel like you could say uh my mount rushmore of favorite toys was nintendo sega super nintendo and uh nintendo 64 or something like that you know and yeah we right. want to avoid that um so yeah so things like you know uh etch a sketch or slinky slinky yeah that's a good one yeah you get the idea. I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, so moving right along, let's talk about our NFL picks. Uh, right. so picks against the spread like we do every week. Um, this is something that's going to, uh, if you're feeling any type of uh, way, any type of, of bad way about uh, how you started this podcast out, I thought it was good. Uh, you're you were uh, the most nervous I've ever seen you and <laughs> all sheepish and everything afterward so let's move in a different direction for you and make your day and tell you about last week last week you had all three picks correct you gotta be kidding me My to make it 
it's that's not it. To make it even better for you, I was 0 and 3, pal. Oh, that puts me back on top, don't it? Puts you back on top and a commanding two-game lead for you. I think I figured out what I think our bet should be. <laughs> oh, of course. Now that two you're... minutes of stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go through that again, if you want to take the chance of going through that again, I'm up for it. All right. Uh, I only want to do this because I have a two-game lead, and I feel like that's pretty comfortable going into this. And you got some momentum going. I'll tell you what, it's week 11 already, buddy. We don't. I mean, this NFL season is moving along here. All right. So let's table that for now. That can be our. That can be what the bet is for now. Maybe we'll call it the winner of this whole thing has to do two minutes. And then if we come up with a different or better bet by the end of the season, we can always sure. go with that. Sure. We'll find something better. All right. So would you like to go first or would you like sure. to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, well, let's scroll down the old, the old list here and see who's even playing this week. Ooh, Chiefs Raiders. That's always a good game. Raiders have been playing hot. Seven points in Las Vegas. I'm not taking that game. Um, <laughs> Packers Colts. Ooh, Colts. Colts laying two points to the Packers. The Packers have a whole new offensive line. I don't trust that offensive line. Every There's like four offensive lines that are – decimated by COVID going into this week. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be another, this could easily be another really weird week. I'll tell you who I'm going to start off taking. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals getting one and a half. I think they get their third win of the season against Alex Smith, Alex Smith and the uh, Washington Redskins. So I've had one bourbon. That's it. And Washington I tell you, what? say what? The Washington what? Washington football team. Oh, did I say Redskins? Yeah. Sorry. The Washington football team. I had a hard, hard time explaining that to my mom the other day. <laughs> what is the W? Yeah, it's weird. Washington. <laughs> so they're the W's? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So anyway, I was going to tell you a funny story. So. Um, I've had a bourbon so far today, filled up a second glass there. haven't got too much farther. And the other day I had a guy who was telling me about this, uh, this specific type of bourbon, uh, that I got over here. And, and he says, uh, you know, you gotta be careful. Cause when you get to two past two, sometimes you get a little thick tongue. And I was like, thick tongue. That's my new favorite thing for when you had too much and you can't say words and your tongue gets in the way of your mouth. When you're saying, yeah, and I, I, I started to feel like I had a little thick tongue reading through these things right there. So anyway, I'm gonna try not to thick tongue it, and I'll switch over to the water for the rest of the show. Very nice. Is that a frozen cup? Oh yeah. Oh, beautiful. Gosh, Olaf. Oh, good old Olaf, I'll tell you. Yeah, last week I had Minnie Mouse. Last week, if you go back to YouTube, while Andre Edwards was on drinking his uh, his Chardonnay, I had uh, I had Minnie I had Minnie Mouse uh, shaking down over here. 
You know who the adult in the room was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Mine had vodka in it, though. So okay, Minnie was, Minnie was hiding something for the adult. <laughs> All right. On that note, let's go. Uh, how about these Pittsburgh Steelers playing a one and eight team in the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is this a trap game for Pittsburgh? No, it's not. I'm taking Pittsburgh minus ten in that game it's a big spread but that's a bad team and they showed what they can do to bad teams when they beat the brakes off the off the Bengals the other day which will bring me to my last game that i have to pick and uh let's you know what um i think i'm going to t this is going to be something i'm going to do here this is strictly because when Jameis Winston came out of college, I fell in love with that kid. I thought he was one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Thought he was going to be an amazing pro. I think behind Sean Payton, he is going to resurrect his, his career. And I think Jameis Winston takes the New Orleans Saints and wins by more than five which is what they have to win by in order for me to win this game. I'm taking the Saints minus five against the Falcons. That might be the worst pick I've made all year. Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I am starting my picks out with the New Orleans Saints. The <laughs> same pick, which uh, – so I had mine written down – you picked two of the exact same teams that I did, and I'm I'm just I'm still going to go with them, even though it doesn't make as much sense for me to do that now because right. if you both get it you right. You can only gain one game. I don't pick up any games, but these are the ones I had written down because these are the ones I feel the best about. So I'm just going to go ahead and go with it, and 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 count on that one game that we have different. Count on that one to be the big get you spot. All right, big thing for me. So I am taking New Orleans as a five-point favorite at home over Atlanta. I am also taking the Pittsburgh Steelers with that big spread, that big 10-point spread at Jacksonville. And then I am taking the Minnesota Vikings at home, a seven-point favorite against Dallas. Uh, the Vikings, I think, have won like their last three games. Um, and they've, they've beat a couple good teams. So I think they're... I heard Andy, I heard Andy Dalton might be back. Uh, Red Rifle. So, so that I guess if that happens, then the uh, the spread will go up to eight or nine. Then I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, I am picking Minnesota in that game, and uh, so that's it. That's our picks for Week Eleven. That's another thing knocked off the uh, off the old agenda. Let's jump into the news that we heard. The NBA offseason is always super-duper fun to me. I think it's the best offseason of any sport. Obviously, if you know me, you know that's uh, – there's no – I mean, it's obviously biased uh, because it's my favorite league. So – but as we speak, the NBA draft is going on. Uh, congratulations to Anthony Edwards. Uh, not only our cousin, but the number one pick of the NBA draft. I and you know for some reason I thought Goose died. Yeah, him too. Yep. Uh, 
No, did he die? He didn't die. Top did Gun, Anthony Edwards. I think old uh, Top Gun Anthony Edwards is kicked the bucket. So since I did not know that, and since I never saw Top Gun, I know Anthony Edwards, the actor from ER, most famously. Sure, oh. right, right. But so anyway, there are obviously a lot of Anthony Edwards in the world, and one of them is uh, is from the University of Georgia, and he was. Oh in man, I just killed Anthony Edwards. <laughs> I didn't think he was dead. I totally just killed him. He's, He's so alive. 50s, right? He's fifty-eight years old. He's born the same year as my mom and dad. Oh, I totally killed Anthony Edwards. I apologize. Well, he dies in Top Gun. Oh, so he's dead. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, see, now I don't ever need to watch it. There you go. All right. Got to watch it just to see Val Kilmer at his best. Val Kilmer? Val Kilmer's in that? Yeah, Val Kilmer's the bad guy pilot. Well, he's the good guy. He's a, you know, he's a pilot, but he's, you know, Maverick's, Maverick's trying to show him up. Oh, does he turn? He's on the team, but he turn. He's like the jerk or something like that. Yeah, he's the jerk. That's I got exactly. Yeah, the, the heel. All oh, right. Um, speaking of Tom Cruise, I've I've watched. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet on Netflix, but that documentary that Leah Remini did on Scientology. Oh, my wife is hooked on that. I've been she watching. Loves that. watching that stuff, dude. Those people were. Flipping crazy. Yeah, it's weird. And Tommy it, Cruz, people have been talking about crazy. That dude is for like 15, 20 years now. And yeah. it's all coming out. He's a psycho. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. They, they hire people to like follow you around. Even when you travel the world, like people yeah. vacation to Europe and they have people traveling to follow you, to watch every move you do, just to have something on you if you do something wrong. Who was, who was Tom Cruz's wife that – uh that they got ended up getting divorced. Katie uh, Holmes. Katie Holmes. And she, I keep wanting Leo Remedy to do an interview with her so we can get a couple, like, people you've seen before and be like, oh, yeah, this is what really went down. We need some girl talk, a couple glasses of wine, let those two go at it. She, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll bet she's talked to her. I'll bet she oh, has. Yeah. Um, where, by the way, where is – uh, what's her name, Miss Cavage? She is she is in the uh, I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen it. You said your wife was watching it, but um, oh, like the, yeah, the head, I said beats and pieces of it. The head of the whole thing. His wife has disappeared and has not been seen in over a decade, and like that's a, a lot of what this thing is about. Because Leah Remini was friends with her, and Leah Remini got in trouble because uh, at Tom Cruise and Katie Holmes' wedding was the first time she did not, she was not around. And Leah Remini asked where she was at, and she got in big trouble for asking. And nobody would tell her, and nobody knows where she is, except for her husband, who's the head of the entire Scientology thing. Um, wow. That's some crazy stuff, dude. We could tell, we, I would love to watch that into a Scientology podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for reining me back in there. That was I don't know why I got off on that tangent. Um, Tom Cruise was in Top Gun, and that just got me thinking about it. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Tom Cruise, I have no idea if he's an NBA fan at all or not, but that's the only way I could think to uh, turn the wheel back into the NBA offseason. We've got it going on now. We had uh, a couple days ago started 
the trade stuff going on. There have been several trades between two days ago and today, especially with the draft leading up to the draft. Um, there was a freeze on NBA trades until the be- until this past Monday, I think it was. Yep. Uh, because of the, all the weird, the different schedule. Uh, the biggest thing is Chris Paul is now a Phoenix Sun. Uh, how so- awesome is that for Devin Booker? How- Devin yeah. Booker's got to be so excited about that. That's that's another really exciting backcourt. Throw those two in there with Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and Westbrook and Harden and uh, any of the other great backcourts in the NBA. Even even Kyrie and Harden. <laughs> Kyrie and Harden. That one's not done yet. As a matter of fact, from what I hear, so the Sixers traded uh, or are trading uh, Al Horford, and uh, one of the NBA writers said that could be a move. No, Stephen A. Smith, not an NBA writer. Stephen A. Smith said they could have they could be making that move to make room for a trade for James Harden. So maybe Harden goes to the Nets, which just sounds like where he wants to go. I have no idea how in the world he's going to be able to play with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant at the same time because they all have to have the ball in their hands. Or uh, possibly the Sixers, which would be very inter- which would be a lot more interesting to me, to be honest with you. However, uh, this coming season is going to be really exciting. Uh, I think we kind of mentioned it quickly last week, but they decided, they agreed upon December 22nd, uh, being the first day, the opening night for the new for the next NBA season, they're going to play 72 games. Um, so that week of Christmas, they start up. They they're rele- they're going to release um, once training camp starts in a couple weeks. Here already, um, they're going to release the first half of those seven that 72 game schedule, and then wait until the latter part of that schedule being played to release the second half because they're going to use a little window in there if they need it to play any games that had to be canceled or moved or suspended, postponed. I can't think of any other synonyms yeah. for games that, that may not have been played in the first half. So there will be an all-star break. I don't think there's going to be an all-star game or anything like that, but they do have like five days off in between. Uh, so they probably would use that time, I would guess. So, um, and then there's a whole breakdown. It's everybody is going to play each uh, team from the opposite conference twice. And then everybody in your conference, you play three times. Uh, So you're going to play some teams twice at home and some teams twice away. And it's just a random drawing, basically. Um, So that's kind of how it's set up. Uh, It's going to be... Yeah, 72 games, and they are going to have a play-in tournament for the – so 20 – basically 20 teams are making the playoffs, okay? So they're doing similar to what they did last year. The seven and eight seeds at the end of the regular season are going to play each other. The winner of that game is the seven seed in each conference. The loser of that game plays the winner of the nine and ten seed. They play each other. The loser of the seven eight plays the winner of the 9-10. The winner of that game is the 8 seed. So that's how you're getting your last two seeds. I loved it last year. Made it really exciting. More teams were playing more meaningful games at the end of the year. Um, it was fun to me. So they're doing that again, and I'm, I'm pumped for that. And that's basically what we know about for now. Um, 
yeah, the uh, 12th, uh, so December 22nd through March 4th is the first half, uh, and they've got that window there for the for the uh, all-star break, quote-unquote, and then the second half is the last couple months there between March and May, uh, and then May 18th through the 21st is the play-in tournament, and then the 22nd or 23rd of May, the NBA playoffs start. Uh, so do you think this play-in tournament, which is the – that's the, the, the 7, 8, 9, 10 deal, do you think that's something that's going to stick around in the NBA from here on out? I don't know. I think if I think it was I think it was successful last year. I think I think everybody liked it. Most people liked it. Uh, if it has the same kind of success this year, if there's some kind of thing where the seven seed uh, loses both games or something like that, um, and and it seems like a clearly better team, um, you know, like if somebody gets hurt right at the end of the year, right before that. Uh, somebody really important on that seven seed team or something like that. Um, and they're going to miss a week or something um, where they would miss that tournament and though, and that seven seed loses those two games, but that player would be back if they didn't have to play those games uh, and they just played the playoffs as normal. I, I think maybe more people would be against it, something like that. And maybe a scenario like that, but I can see if, you know, if it works out, if you have more viewers maybe at the end of the season uh, because of a couple more teams from each conference being in the thick of the, uh, you know, playoff contention, then I think they could keep it. And, and, and I would be okay with that. I would even be okay with maybe tweaking it a little bit to just do, do it for the eight seed, maybe not the seven and eight seed, something like that. Um, I don't know. I, I you didn't like it very much, did you? Um, I mean, it's. I think it's good for all these, you know, to keep as many teams out of tanking or whatnot, or or maybe not tanking, but keeping more teams from purposely putting a bad roster together, where you, there's more of a chance. I mean, you could be an 11 seed. I'm sorry, you could be a 10 seed, and be in playoffs within three days. You're in the playoffs. Yeah. So there's good things to it and bad. It just seems like it's a lot of teams that just all of a sudden you got 20 teams playing a playoff game. It just seems like a lot to me. Yep. Uh, it, I mean, it is a lot, um, but they do, they do squeeze it in that that playing tournament is within three days, uh, three or four days there. So um, it's, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I, I think if they do it right, I think it can be good. If there there might be something that happens, like I said, that that they're like, yeah, you know what? We, maybe we didn't see that coming, and uh, we should just scrap it. Go back next year to if everything's back to normal in 2022, 21-22 season. Um, go back to normal. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited about it for now. I, like I, I think I mentioned this last week, but it feels like the Lakers just won the championship like two weeks ago, and it feels Did? like. <laughs> and it feels like in two more weeks we have another NBA season. So I'm very, very excited. This is going to be different because, I, from what I understand, it's not a bubble. Um, they're they're going to be traveling and doing all that stuff. So, uh, But I, I believe that the NBA is going to handle that as well as anybody can. And the good thing about that is, is the season doesn't start 
until what the 11th is preseason games and you're not going to have any stars in that in that preseason at all that you're gonna there's they've got eight days to play or not nine days to play and get all these youngsters in and see what all these young guys can do to fill in the bottom of their roster instead of having instead of having that uh you know the d league or whatever not the not the d league but there was like a there's the summer league Mm-hmm. That they used to have, and then the summer league goes into the preseason, and the preseason. None of that happens. So they've got to get as many of these young kids playing as much basketball as they can over nine days to figure out who's going to make up the bottom of their rosters. That being said, December 11th, if everything that we hear about these these tests or these vaccines coming out, possibly. By the time the season starts, maybe they start throwing them out to some older folks and to some people with a little less. Hopefully, these what's their name, Pfizer or Moderna. I don't know what these people are called, but hopefully this stuff is for real. And then maybe it takes a little less stress off of the guys who who are traveling and having to play. And if there's a a COVID. And if somebody tests positive for COVID with no symptoms, it's not as terrible of a thing as it is now to where we're not as worried about people dying as much as we're just worried about people catching some sort of a a flu bug for a day or two. You know what I mean? So that being said, hopefully this works out for the NBA traveling because it's been tough for the NFL and it was tough for major league baseball. And if it's not to that point when they start, it's going to be tough as hell for them. And yeah. they did a phenomenal job in the bubble. They kept a lot of – to keep young athletes traveling around the country out of trouble. <laughs> I was young at one point in time. We were, I, no, we were all young at one point in time. I, wasn't, I was born 38 years old. Uh, yeah. Yep, that's pretty true. I'll give you that. 38 years old about right, because you're still there where, you know what, every now and then, uh, let's get out and go do something. <laughs> 38, you're like, eh, twice a year, I've got a day or two in me. Let's go. <laughs> that's right. That's right. All right, well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Dude, I, I get, you know, I work for a company now that shuts down uh from christmas through new year so i get like a week and a half almost two weeks off uh during that time and that is the exact same time that the nba is starting up let me tell you how fat and lazy i'm going to be during that whole entire time because brand new basketball is going to be played during those times and uh, i'm just going to be loving life absolutely i don't blame you man that's awesome good for you have fun with that while the rest of us working folk do what we have to do. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Really quick, let me ask you, because you mentioned, you talked briefly about uh, this, the potential um, vaccines that they're working on, right? For the COVID. Mm-hmm. How likely are you to take to get a vaccine, uh, like right when they come out? Are you, are you not at all? When they first come out, there's no need for me to take one when it first comes out. When it first comes out, they're barely going to have enough to even take care of the people that need one. 
So no, I would not even, not in, are you kidding me? There are plenty of people over the age of 60 who have all different kinds of conditions that they need to get first. I catch this thing and I'm going to be, if anything, have a cough for a day. And I've probably had it three times already. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so say it's like the testing went where at first they, they figured out how to test it, but it was testing was very, very limited and there were not, you know, they were struggling to get tests and stuff like that made. Um, and then, you know, fast forward what, four or five months, six months, something like that. And testing was much more available. Um, it doesn't seem to be an issue anymore. Say it's like that, say within four or five months or something like that, the vaccine is much more available and it's not a big deal. Pretty much anybody can go get it. You can stop in Kroger and they'll shoot you up real quick or whatever, Walgreens like or whatever. Flu shot. Yeah, like a flu shot. Um, is that, I mean, are you, would you just get it then? Um, I mean, I've never gotten a flu, I've got a flu shot, I think once in my life. Okay. Uh, maybe twice. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I'm not against it. Like, I'm, I don't know why anybody would be like, there's no way I would get like, I, that seems a little silly to me, but I would definitely, I mean, I wouldn't bother me one bit. Okay. All right. Just wondering, I, I, I you know, I've, I've heard that it takes sometimes like these vaccines, they do, you know, they, they go through all kinds of clinical trials and stuff like that. And they have to be approved by the FDA and all that kind of stuff, but they are rushing these things to get them done. So mm -hmm. how much, you know, are these things being vetted as much as they might be if this wasn't like a worldwide pandemic, if it was just another thing that I'm going to go ahead and say that normally when there's a vaccine that's coming out for something there, or there's a drug that, cause most of that, that what they're talking about is for drug, new drugs, to come out on the market it takes a lot of time for you to be able to do that. Uh, things that just aren't that big of a deal, they don't have to rush. I think they'll do the same. I don't think they're just going to be like, eh, we'll cut a couple corners because there's a pandemic. Oh crap. Now even more people die. No, that I don't think there's let just because they're rushing it. I don't think there's going to be less stress on uh, making sure it does what it's supposed to do. So, I mean, but if it is a new drug that is the vaccine, you, uh, you think like that's... That's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, yeah, if you're coming up with a new drug, I think if they really wanted to rush a drug, they could do it as long as they had this, you know, the right amount of trials and those trials went for however long they went and get it on. I, man, are you kidding me? Would I try it? I will, if you tell, you tell me something, I, I'll give it a try. Dad always, my dad always told me, you should try everything once. You should <laughs> yeah. try everything once. Now, he might have been talking about green beans and peas and corn and broccoli. But I took that to heart, man. I give everything a try once. My, my dad told me that same thing. I never try anything new. <laughs> <laughs> my dad had plenty of good advice growing up, but that is one thing as an adult. I have a hard time trying new things, which is not a good thing. I need to get better at that. I've been saying that for a long time, though. So will it ever happen? Who knows? Um, anyway, all right, we can, we can get off that. Uh, I don't want to get – I mean, without getting political into it, you know what I mean? I mean, it's, that's what it turns out to be every time you start talking about these silly things. 
Yeah, I wasn't thinking. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't thinking about. You're thinking more of uh, do you trust it? Yeah, you know, because if it's, you know, yeah, they do clinical trials, but if they just started, you know, uh, nine, 10, 11 months ago working on this and they, they've used it on people, you know, could it, could it possibly have long-term effects that we don't know about yet? Same as COVID. Like, I mean, they started just not too long ago finding out that people who had COVID months and months ago, uh, some people have had like some heart condition or something come up later and uh i think there was another thing that was kind of a big deal um so it's it's kind of that's part of the whole thing like that's it, there's still some mystery behind it they know a lot more about it now than they did in march obviously but same thing for for the for the actual virus and for the vaccine so i'm torn like everything out there everything that you put in your body has the potential to doing something to you in the future you're right I ate an entire bag of Dots pretzels on my drive home from West Virginia the other day. And I knew it wasn't going to be good for me when I did it. But did I know that I was going to have the runs for the rest of the night? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> Woke up in the morning, I'm fine. But, you know, I had uh, started getting a little bubble gut. Started getting a little bit of bubble gut. Get to the end of that bag of pretzels, and you're like, man, I shouldn't have ate that whole bag. I should have taken it down. But anything you put in your body could have long-term ramifications. My butthole will never be the same because of that bag of pretzels. <laughs> See, I could do this. I could make that joke on as on a as a as a comedian, but it's not doesn't have the same when there's no audience at all. <laughs> maybe you're an improv guy. Maybe that's your maybe that's your comedic talent. Go you know, with Drew Carey and uh, Spur of the Moment, whoever that guy was. Um, okay, so Wayne Brady, that's what I was thinking of. Wayne Brady, me and Wayne Brady, all time great. Uh, what did I just say? All time great improv comic. All right, that brings us right into our last segment here our stand up. Special of the week was a gentleman by the name of Ted Alexandro. His, uh, his, why can't I find it now? Ted Alexandro, the title of it was Cut Up. Cut, Cut Up. And that's, if you're searching for it uh, on YouTube, it is Cut Forward Slash Up. That's how it's spelled. Uh, but if you put in Ted, Ted Alexander, that'll just come up anyway. So, Chris, tell me what you thought. This was a guy that I had not seen before. I don't think. Okay. I have seen this guy before okay. on little little five-minute skit things. Before. I've seen him before. Um, I didn't know who he was or what it is, but I've actually heard him twice on Sirius Radio since I, listened, since I watched the special on Monday. So in two days, I've heard him on there twice. Um, so I'm just, I've got some notes. I'll just go over real quick what I, what I got on here. So, uh, <laughs> I immediately thought that it looks like he has to piss really bad throughout the entire show. He's constantly like closing his legs and leaning on a wall on the back wall. He like kept leaning on the back wall and talking and he looks super uncomfortable in those situations when he was talking, you didn't notice 
the look like my man needed to run off stage and go pee like he was holding his legs together like his knees were locked and he was leaning against the wall anyway okay that's besides the point um so to start off i was laughing quite a bit uh is there such a thing as good erectile issues <laughs> he's talking about his erectile issues um uh, when he said, I recently went up a font size on my iPhone. Yeah, pretty excited. And now read one word at a time or one letter at a time. I thought that was hilarious. He did good with that. Uh, when he was talking about going to the rap show, absolutely hilarious. Um, his buddy that says, uh, talks about thirsty and explains to him what thirsty means. And then he says, no, actually, the word already has a meaning. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off at that. Um, had me cracking up until he gets into the politics. I was bored out of my mind with all that political stuff. Like he got, he got into the political world. Some of it was a little funny. Some of it's like, all right, come on, all right, let's get back to the funny stuff. Come on, where's it come? Where's this gonna end? But anything, and then I started laughing because that fell right into one of his later jokes, which was anything fun. Uncle Buzzkill will make less fun. <laughs> when he started talking about being uncle Buzzkill, I thought that was pretty good. Um, was this, uh, strikes in the middle of this, of this special. I don't know what that means. Anyway. Uh, and then he shit his pants and that was really funny. Part of my language. He talked about that at the end. Uh, all together, man, I, I laughed throughout, I'd say, most of it. I gave it a 3.4. Take the politic part out of it, and I would have probably gotten close to a 4. The The politics stuff kind of turned me off a little bit, and not because I agree or disagree with any of it, just because I'm tired of it, and we watched it at a time when we just got done with all this political bull crap that we're dealing with now. So turned me off a little bit. Gotcha. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I was thinking about that just the other day, um, how much quieter people have been since like kind of the news about, you know, I, it's still not really over, but, you know, people started talking about. Yeah, nothing's official till January 4th or is it December 9th when they turn it in? Maybe it's December 9th when the states have to turn their official things in and then January 4th is the electoral voting so i mean yeah we've got so uh but but since you know they started talking about i guess that at least the popular votes looks like you know joe biden may have won or whatever um it sounds it like people have been way less or maybe i just haven't noticed as much or something i don't know but it seems like people have just been way less you know like every day for the last four years it people have just been like just how just dogging the president over and over and over constantly like it's their job and it's been a little quieter um it's been quieter because you don't have the commercials on every day the, oh yeah that's definitely all the i mean the that last month before an election feels like two years yeah with all of the crap that gets thrown in front of you yeah Anyway, I was just noticing that it's been it's been nice. I, I I mean, in the regular media, like on just watching TV commercials and stuff like that, and yard signs and all that kind of stuff. But social media, like people just any any 
you know, goofball like uh, any Adam Schmidt uh, saying, you know, how much they can't stand so-and-so or whatever. It's, you know, that stuff has seemed to like die down a little bit. It's like, oh my gosh, thank goodness. Just talk about anything else than a politician. Any politician, I don't, just anything else. So. What's the guy's name? Gary Johnson. That's all I hear. All I see all the time. Adam talking about Gary Johnson making weed 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 available everywhere. Isn't he the independent guy? Or who's the? What's the? Isn't his name Gary Johnson or something like that? He's ran for president like eight years or 12, 12, 12 years in a row now. Or twelve I don't years. Know in a row. His name, but I I I read a whole bunch of stuff on his policies and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I I wanted to vote for the guy because. He wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. I don't, I just, (laughs) (laughs) so I wanted to vote for him, but then I started reading up on some of the stuff and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. Um, Might as well vote for Kanye if I'm voting for this guy. Anyway. Ooh, he wasn't that bad. (laughs) No, just kidding. Okay. Ted Alexandro. He reminded me a lot of a comedian by the name of Brody Stevens, who passed away a couple years ago took his own life, unfortunately, um, but was a friend of a lot of comics. A lot of comics loved Brody Stevens, but he looked a lot like him. He sounded he just like him. Yeah, he sounded, uh, sounded a bit like him, and uh, it just kind of reminded me overall of Brody Stevens, who, who I actually uh, had an interaction on Twitter with uh, in 2015. Funny, funny story. Yeah, but, let's hear it. Uh, um, so I was working at great American ballpark for the Cincinnati Reds at the time. That was when that was the summer that they had the all-star game there. Brody Stevens, uh, is a huge baseball fan. So he came to Cincinnati and went to the all-star game. He was at, I believe the home run derby and the all-star game. He was at everything there. Um, and I only know that I was there working those events um, I did not see him. I only knew that because I was checking Twitter at some point when I, while I was there working and yeah, good work. he was tweeting about it. Yeah, no, uh, certainly on break. If any of my supervisors are listening, um, I'm just kidding. I don't work there anymore. So here's, uh, no, so I, I saw that he was there and I was like, Whoa, that's so cool. A, you know, a, a famous comedian is in the stadium. So I tweeted something. Um, I didn't tweet directly at him. I just said something like, um, or no, I, I think I did see him. I did see him as a matter of fact. Um, I saw him and I was like, and, and I, I wanted to go up and say hi to him. Number one, as an employee, you're not supposed to do that. And number two, I chickened out. Um, and I, I just more uh, the latter, more the latter, more the latter. And I, I, I just feel weird if you, when you see people that you, that are kind of famous or whatever. Like I've seen Reds players and stuff out before. And I just, I feel like I, I would be bothering them and they would be annoyed. And I, that's, I don't want that to be the interaction. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so because of that, I didn't say anything, but I did, I tweeted something like uh, just saw Brody Stevens uh, at the all-star game really wanted to, I think, I, I think that's actually what I said. Something like I really wanted to say hi or something. Uh, but I chickened out or I was too chicken or something like that. Um, And he, and I like tagged him. Yeah. And I said at Brody Stevens or whatever it was. And uh, so he, he saw that and said something like uh, definitely next time or something like that. Like, 
hit me up. Next oh, time. that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I don't know. It was just uh, kind of cool. So, so real quick, even though we did Ted Alexandro, yeah. uh, Bertie Stevens, whose actual name is uh, Stephen James Brody. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how he comes up with that. So Division One college baseball scholarship, not just a D1 scholarship. He got a scholarship to pitch at Arizona State, which is Great. one of the best college baseball programs in the country. Yep. Yep. I, I forgot that until you just said that, but I remember seeing that when he passed away and there were all kinds of things all over the internet about you know, about him. So, um, yeah. And I knew he was a baseball guy. So, uh, I, I always love when I see comedians that I like, especially ones that I like and find out that they're big sports fans too. I always like that. Um, and Ted Alexandro, as a matter of fact, uh, did mention sports a few times. I did like him. I liked him. Uh, I, I laughed. I definitely laughed out loud two or three times, probably. Mm -hmm. One time I remember he said something along the line. I forget what the, what the premise was, but it was like, uh, you know, people who died too early or something like that. And uh, what, what they could have been or something. And he said something like, uh, like uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Or something. And he's like, he's like, you know, he could have been, could end up being, you know, anything you wanted. Maybe, maybe you wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and then what he said, and he, he said something about his other dream or something. Yeah. And yeah. So, and like, I don't know. I don't know what his other dreams were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. That was good. That was good. And uh, so, yeah, there were a couple other things that, that I liked a lot, but um, overall, uh, he, he's he's a guy that uh, if I see him come up uh, somewhere else, if I see you know Comedy Central on all their social media stuff and their website and everything puts puts clips up all the time, if I see him, I'll definitely pay attention and uh, take a look at it from now on. So uh, I gave him a you know it didn't blow me away, but I liked it, so I gave it a three point one. Um, so there you have it. Three all right. 3.1, that's actually pretty good. Not too bad. It's not, not too bad. It's no 3.2 no that I gave him. No, it's no, yeah, yeah, it's no 3.2 he gave me. That's the only reason he gave him a 3.1. So I'm on here trying to figure out who I'm going to do my next special on. Um, and as I look here, when did Brody Stevens die? Maybe like two years ago. Uh, so I'm just going through. I would. I'll tell you what. I've been listening to a lot of Mitch Hedberg here lately. Uh, I would love to do a Mitch Hedberg special, but I'm not. No, let's do but, it. Do it. You want to? I. All right. Let's do it. Let's go, Mitch. Mitch Hedberg. I. I there was one that I thought for sure you were going to pick this week. Who? Well, I didn't go on the Netflix. I'm just scrolling through YouTube right now, so that might be why. Okay. Um, so this says Mitch Hedberg, best show ever. Here's, here's one. Mitch Hedberg, live in San Francisco. Um, man, two hours live in, live in Chicago. 
I'm up I don't know how that dude even remembers that much shit. All right, let's do uh, – where was that one at? I feel like we should do a Mitch Hedberg on com- – I don't, I don't know how to – see, I, now I feel bad because I wasn't prepared for that. For for what? For Mitch Hedberg. Oh no, you know what? You know what's tough is he's he's unfortunately passed so long ago now that there wasn't a whole lot of uh, he he didn't really do our specials like he like people are doing all the time now. Yeah, there was a lot of twenty minute things on here and fifteen minute things, but then again, that dude told so many jokes in the span of fifteen minutes that it would have been hard to do, right? I'll tell you, I mean. You could do uh, if you have access to, and you could probably find it on YouTube too. Just one of his albums, his comedy albums, um, that might that might come up. Uh, strategic grill locations. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Is this for real, or, or is this a joke? I just need to uh, press a button on my Netflix account so I can see if this is actually real. Or if this is fake, this is real. It's in. It's on. It's done. You already know. Yeah. You already know. It's what I. It's what I thought you were gonna pick. Yeah. You already know. If I would have just jumped on Netflix, I would have had this figured out so quick. We're doing Kevin Hart zero Fs given. <laughs> That's. I had that written down already. As a matter of fact. <laughs> I love Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart gets some slack from different people. You know, they, they, you know, the type of comedian he is is a little different. You know, my man is a, he's selling out places that no comedian sells out. So I'm, I'm excited about this zero. I might watch this twice. <laughs> tonight and then next Tuesday, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Tonight and tu- tonight and next Tuesday. <laughs> that sounds good. All right, so Kevin Hart, zero given. Uh, maybe possibly have a guest next week. I don't know. Depends on what time college basketball, the first college basketball game starts. Uh, see if maybe we can do some college basketball because it's supposed to start next week, the Thanksgiving Day week. We will be back. Maybe we'll go over some Thanksgiving Day um, celebrations or traditions that we will or will not be doing Yeah. this year. I think that'd be uh, I think that would be something we can get into, and then obviously whatever sports is going on and whatever silly things we can come up with in between. Then, absolutely, I'm ready for it. All right. So until then, don't forget to turn your headlights on. <laughs>